mindsets, the cognitive biases, the unwritten rules that govern our everyday decision making. And more importantly, when was the last time we challenged those biases, those thought processes, those unwritten rules? If we're being honest with ourselves, for the majority of our life and in a majority of our decision making, we see the world in a black and white picture. We see everything as cut and dry. And that vision, that view of life that's that doesn't leave much area for any gray, any open possibility of something different, it, it causes us to live in a narrow view of the world. And because of that, there's not room to adapt. There's not room to allow for any variable change. And what I mean by variable change is You know, all too often we have plans for our day, so to speak, and we have tasks that we want to cross off our list. And then we're going throughout our day and we're doing the things that we said we want to do. And then life happens. Life is very often variable change. And for some, the variable change, if we're not aware to it, and that's one of the things I want to talk about today is awareness if we're not aware to variable change, if we're not aware of our surroundings, if we're not aware of things that might be different than the perception that we have of the situation or of a person, whatever, if we're not aware of the variable change, it can very well wreck um, our tasks that day. It can very well wreck our plans. That's what I'm trying to say. And so awareness what is the definition of awareness well google says that awareness is knowledge or perception of a situation or fact and yeah that's good um but my personal definition of awareness is taking new information that i didn't know before questioning that information to see if there's any validity or truth to it And then if it is true, molding my life in some aspect to the new information and the truth of that information into my life. So foundationally, awareness is the reason why we watch the news. I don't watch the news, but it's just an example. But uh, awareness is the reason why people watch the news or we read books. We listen to podcasts, so to speak, is because... There's information out there that we might not know, and if we put ourselves in a position to gain knowledge, I mean, this is the reason why we we seek out further education, you know, is to, to raise the awareness level in our lives. And awareness is very, very important. That's why we use the term raise awareness, because if we get the new information to the public, if we get the new information out to people, it can potentially save lives. It can potentially alter someone's life for the better. So how can we raise our awareness? And this goes back to the original questions I asked. It To raise awareness, it goes back to questioning the, the cognitive biases that we've formed in our lives. I said that word earlier in 
for some that might be foreign. And so the definition of a cognitive bias is a systematic pattern of deviation from norm or rationality in judgment. Individuals create their own subjective reality from their perception of the input of knowledge. An individual's construction of reality, not the objective input of knowledge, may dictate their behavior in the world. So basically what this is saying is there is a high probability that we don't see the world as it really is. We see the world through a lens that we've created based off information that we've received on an individual level. And from there, we've created this mental picture of life and how we decide to live in this world. Brene Brown has a great book called Daring Greatly. And in this book, she uses this term and she calls it the story I've told myself. And she gives the example of her family. They're on vacation, uh, one of her favorite vacation spots as a child. And her husband and her at one time were competitive swimmers. Um, but, you know, since that time, you know, they, they both had their careers. Um, she's had their kids and all that kind of stuff. And so she didn't she didn't look as a, in her mind, she didn't look as appealing as she once was in her her swimming attire. And she was trying to have a conversation with her husband while they were swimming. And, um, you know, she was trying to, you know, she was, you know, how we try to do when we want some affection or we want some attention. We, we reach for our, our spouse and we, we expect, you know, um, we were not a reaction, but we expect a response. And so she reaches for her husband, so to speak. And he, he doesn't give her the response that she thought he should have given or the response that she was expecting. And immediately she used, she, in the book, she says she uses this, this term, the story I told myself, the story I'm telling myself. And in that moment, she was telling the story she was telling herself was, oh my gosh, I don't look as good as I used to. I've had these kids and I'm not as appealing to my husband as, as much as I used to. Um, but she didn't let it go. <laughs> uh, she approached her husband again and um, they had a serious talk. They're still in the water, still swimming. And they had a talk. And what was she asked the question, like, did you hear me? Did you understand what I was trying to say to you? And he was like, no, Brene, I really didn't. Because in his mind, he was thinking about keeping everyone safe. He was thinking of, and this is the thing, guys, <laughs> that, well, I can't say guys. I can say that I do this sometimes. Like, I, I think of things that are highly, mm, what's the term I'm looking for, that are highly improbable of happening, like situations. And I don't know, I don't want to say you fantasize about it. It's not something you fantasize about. But the story that was going through his head was, 
I have to keep my family safe because their kids were swimming also on the other side of the river they were on. And he was thinking in his mind, you know, what if a speedboat comes by and hits one of the kids and I have to swim out there and save them and all that. So he's got this own thing going on in his mind. And Brene, she has this thing going on in her mind. And while they're discussing it, he says, Brene, you know, I really didn't hear what you were saying because I had this this story that I was telling myself in my mind going on. And so often we do that. So often we have our own perception of what other people are thinking, what the situation looks like to us, the story that we're telling ourselves. And because of that, we might not see life for the reality that it that it is, but through our own cognitive bias. And if we can bring awareness to to that fact and say, wait a minute, is this really what's happening in the situation I'm in? Or is this just the story that I'm telling myself? And if we can bring awareness to that simple fact, I think that life will pivot and begin to move in a better way for a lot of us. Awareness can save a relationship. Awareness can alter someone's course and potentially lead them in a better direction. So awareness is the first step. The second step is adaptability. Remember I said earlier, awareness is receiving new information, challenging the the validity or the truth of it, and then taking that new information and molding it into our life in some capacity and that takes adaptability and basically what adaptability is is changing being willing and being willing because we're all able but we have to be willing to to decide to do something different to change course when we see that the direction we're going is not leading in the way that we want to go so adaptability is Basically, being willing to change. Charles Darwin said that change is the basic law of nature. But the change wrought by the passage of time affect individuals and institutions in different ways. It is not the most intellectual species that survives, not the strongest. But the one that survives is the one that is best able to adapt and adjust to the changing environment in which it finds itself. COVID-19 was a big deal um, two years ago, and I don't really like talking about COVID, but it's just the perfect example for this for this topic of adaptability. And we're living in a post-COVID-19 uh, world right now, if you can say it like that. And the people that are going to be successful in this are the people who adapt the best to the new culture that we're finding ourselves now what i'm not saying is the people that who (laughs) go out and do everything that they are hearing that we need to do um i'm not opposed to people getting the vaccine i didn't get the vaccine but i mean you know, wearing masks every day, all of the extremes, so to speak, I don't think that's going to be the answer. And the the two extremes are, you know, doing everything that they're saying that we need to do. 
And the other extreme is not doing anything that they're saying that we need to do. I definitely believe that we need to be smart. I think we need to be as safe as possible. But I also think we need to do our research. So I'm, I've always heard the term that there's two sides to every story and the truth is somewhere in the middle. So, like I said, I'm not political. I don't know much of about what the the CDC and all these people have said, but, you know, the CDC is telling one side of the story and um, everyone else that says, oh, we need to just go back to the way it was before COVID, uh, they're telling another side. And I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I definitely believe that we need to be safe. Um, do I believe the vaccine is the answer? No, but that's just my personal opinion. Then again, I'm not trying to be political here. Um, I'm just telling you my personal opinion. Um, but that doesn't also mean that I think that we don't need to act like this thing doesn't exist. Um, there's definitely been cases. I've seen people very, very close to me, um, have this, have the, the COVID, um, disease and it they said they never want to get it again and so I, I can I can sympathize with that and so if we can find a way to adapt to the current situation of the world and do it in such a way that extremes aren't involved I believe that we're going to survive this in with the best possible outcome adaptability is not something that we can always do on a global basis. Sometimes it might be on an individual basis. Um, Sometimes it might be from our family standpoint, maybe our family needs to make a change. Um, Adaptability (laughs) is just that. It's just being open to changing what needs to be changed when it needs to be changed how it needs to be changed and it goes back to just asking questions we're going to do a lot of that man there's a book out there also called change your questions change your life i read it at one of my previous jobs and it's just so insightful and if we can ask the right questions we can we can do so much better with the way we think and how we operate in our everyday life and they a lot of that goes back to being adaptable. And like I said, this is foundational. These are things that if we can get right from a foundational level, we will see things in our life just start to change on a dime. And it'll just be like, why hadn't I learned this before? Why hadn't I heard this before? Well, this is these aren't things that we learn in traditional school, not even college. You know, this is these are things that we have to go and search for and listen to people who who have done things that the average people don't do and so be aware be adaptable and the third part I want to get into today is humility we've all heard that term Um, Google says that humility is a modest view of one's own importance and that's that's a good definition. I like it um, because, you know, the opposite of humility is arrogance. 
and you know we all know an arrogant person um i hope i never come across as someone that's arrogant i promise you that i try to look at my life and look at myself and say you know hey you can really do better here you can really um you know work a little harder in this area and so i never want to come across someone as as arrogant and so humility is important humility it keeps it keeps the reality of life just that the reality um because you know we can all justify (laughs) we can all justify anything in our life really we can justify why we're not the healthiest we can justify why we don't pray like we'll read our bible like we should we can all justify our thoughts and our actions and justification i believe is an enemy of humility i believe justification is an enemy of correct thinking because our minds are powerful if we can think it we can conceive it we can achieve it or whatever uh, however that saying goes and that's really really true I, I think it was Henry Ford said whether we think we can or we can't either way we're right um, because our mind is powerful and if we use our mind to justify instead of think clearly about the the reality that we're in get rid of that cognitive bias so to speak then We'll never see the world as it truly is and only as we perceive it to be. Michael Jordan, um, I read his biography. Um, it's been a couple of years now, and it was a masterpiece. Uh, now, a little disclaimer, uh, of course, it's it's not a... <laughs> It's not a biblical book. I'll put it like that. Uh, it's not a story about a guy that's that turned his life around for Jesus or like that. But it is his biography, and it was it was really well written. And one of the things that it said in the book was that one thing about Michael Jordan was that he was he he seemed arrogant, but in reality he was very very humble. He listened to his coaches, and he would take advice from just about anybody. He said that um, it stated in the book that, you know, if someone came up to him like a third string player, maybe, and they wanted to uh, give Michael Jordan advice, he would then, he would take the advice and then he would go implement it in his game. And so often we have to ask the question, am I really that humble to do that? to say that I am the president of a company and the janitor comes to me and says, hey, I think this will be better for the business if you implemented this. It takes extreme humility to listen to that janitor if I'm the president of the company and say, hey, that we should try this just because, you know, it was suggested. Um, from my own personal life, I won't give any names here or whatever, but um, you'll learn that <laughs> I'm going to talk a lot. I'm going to talk about a lot of books on this podcast. Books are one of my one of my things. I love reading books, but one of my favorite books is called The Go Giver. I read this book some years ago, and it was just so fascinating the way it, the story was written, the way it uh, explained principles of the book. It was just phenomenal. 
I recommend you go read it. But uh, after I read this book, I I was like, man, everybody needs to read this book. And so I, for whatever reason, I just started giving this book away. And it's not, I'm not trying to brag or nothing like that. I'm just giving this as an example. I mean, I've done this, I did this years ago. And so if uh, I'm just talking about it now, just to give you guys an example uh, of how, you know, humility really works. Anyway, so I started giving this book to everybody. I gave it to my pastor. I gave it to our leaders at church. Uh, any visiting member that, that came to our church, I'd give them a copy of it. Um, and just randomly one day, I got the thought that I wanted to send this book to uh, another pastor that lives in a different town from where I live. And he pastors a big church, huge church. And um, I was like, well, I don't know the guy like that, so I can't just walk up to him and give it to him. So um, I decided I'm just going to send this book to this pastor. To, I'm going to send it to the church. And um, I I sent it through Amazon, uh, I, and I put a little caption on it. This has been years ago. I don't really even know uh, what the caption on it. I, put, I didn't even put my name on it. Um, and I think the caption says something like, this book is life-changing or something like that. Uh, so anyway, some time goes by, and um, I see this pastor, and um, I didn't want kudos. I just wanted to know that he got the book or whatever. Because like I said, I didn't leave my name on it. I didn't leave a callback number or nothing like that. So I just wanted to make sure that he got it. And he... I approached him and I just said, Hey, you know, I sent a book to you a while back. I just wanted to make sure that you received it. And he said, you sent me that book. That is one of the greatest books I've ever read. He said that not only did I think that book was phenomenal, but I gave a copy to every single person on my ministry team. So they all could read it too. And to me, that is a tremendous sign of humility by this pastor. He received a random book in the mail from someone who didn't even leave a name. And he was humble enough to read the book and not only that, give it to his ministry team because he thought the book was so phenomenal. Um, I heard someone say, I forget who it is at the moment, but they said that they learn from everyone. And most of the time he learned what not to do. Ah, it was Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln said that. He said, I learn from everyone. Most of the time I learn what not to do. And that's, that's what humility really is. It's saying that, you know, I'm in a place, I'm in a reality of my own mind and you potentially have, a resource that I don't have that can help me be better and then listening to that resource and then going and being better or just taking the time to look at someone says, okay, I'm not going to do that like they do, or I'm not going to say that like he does. I'm going to learn from the, the mishaps of other people as well and do better. That's humility as well. And so awareness adaptability and humility can we take in new information and with that new information adapt our lives to 
to best fit the new information as truth in our life and be humble enough to do it. Because if we're just being honest, we we live our life based off what we've been taught from childhood, from what our parents taught us, from maybe our grandparents taught us, from things our friends taught us or whatever, you know. Um, and we we take those things as fact. We take those things as the the absolute truth and there's nothing else. And the problem with that is we tend to live average lives because of it. Our society, we we measure everything based on the average. And it takes it takes a special person to look at their surroundings and say, I want better than average. And not to say that because we want better than average that we don't that we downgrade the people around us who who like to live at who might like to live average who might like their life just the way it is and that's totally fine but for for those of us that want to live extraordinary lives that want to live above average there's a certain mindset that we have to have that the average person doesn't have and I think we get confused with I think we get the the notion that because we might live better than some people that we're above average. Well, in reality, reality, we're just living at the best of the average and not the best of the best. Because of the best of the best, they have a, they have an an entirely different mindset than the best of an average person could ever have. And so that's the that's the threshold that I want to cross. That's the threshold that I want to step into those mindsets of what does the, the 1% of people do that that's extraordinary. And I hope that's what you want to achieve too. That's what this podcast is about. We're going to talk about biblical principles. We I discussed this in the last episode. Um, and I believe this is a biblical principle uh, to live with a spirit of excellence I don't believe that Jesus wants us to live like everyone else. I mean, look at look at the story of the Jewish people of Israel. He from the beginning he wanted the Israelites to live so much more different than the people around them. He wanted them to live above not in not not in an arrogant way, but to say we're a small country. And we are thriving and we are we're living a better a better life than you are, not because of us, but because of the God that we serve. And he wanted the Israel the he wanted Israel to be a beacon to the other nations in the world and say, Hey, the God that they serve is a God that has propelled them to a place of abundance, propelled them a place of health, propelled them to a place that's not status quo that's not average and from that the world around israel would have then begin to seek the one true god because of the beacon that the people living this this abundant life was portraying because of their god and i believe that's still true today i believe that god wants us to live as a beacon of his glory 
and the beacon of how powerful and how great that he is. But if we are allowing the society that we're in to dictate how we live instead of how God wants us to live, then what's the point of what's the point of people wanting to live as a child of God? Can I say it like that? Because in reality, our, is our life that much better? Now, let me preface. I am apostolic. I am Pentecostal. I'm, a, I have, I'm licensed with the UPCI. I have the Holy Ghost. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe that receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, um, being baptized in Jesus' name is the greatest thing anyone can do and that's only the beginning the more that we allow the holy ghost to to come into our lives and complete it, his perfect work in our lives the better that it gets but i also believe that god wants us to that the holy ghost wants to propel us to a place as a beacon for the people around us and we can't be a beacon for the people around us if we're living the same the same average lifestyle that they live. And I don't want that to sound arrogant. I really don't. I don't want that to sound like I hope that's coming across correctly. But I really believe that because we serve the God that created the universe, that created everything, that has everything, that owns everything. He wants his children, he's our father, so he wants his children, his heirs, to live in that same abundant lifestyle. Now, I'm not talking about what some other preachers preach, you know, all that that soft stuff. But anyway, I I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to bash anybody, but please understand what I'm trying to say. There's a higher existence there's a confidence that Jesus wants us to have because we are his children. And if we can become aware to that and adapt to the plan that he has for our lives and be humble enough to say, okay, Jesus, this is the life you want me to live. This is the assignment you've given me. This is the purpose you've given me. This is why I was, this is why I was created. I want to do that. And I believe that when we, we step into that perfect will of God, then things things just begin to happen, and we just naturally begin to live in a state that's not mediocre, that's not average, that's best of the best. As we're wrapping up today's episode, I just want to take a moment to say thank you to all the listeners for tuning in today if you don't mind please subscribe to this show uh send this episode in the first episode to two of your friends help us get the word out about this the this podcast this content and we hope that the talk today about awareness and being adaptable and being uh having humility really ignited a passion in you or shine a light on a, a particular area in your life where you can implement these three fundamental discussion topics. Um, we have a lot more coming for you. Um, <laughs> one thing I want to say as we wrap up here is one thing that we're going to be on this show is we're going to be very real 
we're going to, I think I said in the first episode, we're going to be vulnerable. To be the most effective is to show imperfections. I notice a lot. <laughs> I notice a lot with the ums and the, the mouth noises. And I think at one point in this episode, you can hear my baby crying in the background. <laughs> He's not being neglected, I promise you. But um, we just want to be really upfront and real on this show. And the only way to do that is to show that we're not perfect, that we are human, that we all have imperfections. And I want to say to someone in this moment that we have the tendency to idolize people. And when those people win, it's not an if, it's going to be a win. When those people fall off the pedestal that we've put them on, it it devastates us. And I want to tell someone if... You're holding someone in your life at a higher esteem that you're holding Jesus. Then when and if that person falls off the pedestal that you've put them on, it's going to devastate you. And it doesn't have to be like that. Now, what I am not saying is we shouldn't hold people to a higher accountability like our pastors, like our leaders, uh, husbands, you're the priest of your home. You should be held to a higher standard. Wife, you are the wives. You are the, you know, you're the husband helpmate. Help me. So we should be held to higher esteem. But if some, if we hold someone to a higher esteem, if we put someone on a pedestal above Jesus, it'll never work out like it should. We have to put Jesus in his proper place in our life. And that is second to none. First to none. He should be at the highest esteem. He should be at the highest peak in our life as the person we look to for guidance, his word, letting his Holy Spirit minister to us and have his perfect work in our lives. Because like I I think I said this earlier, but Receiving the Holy Ghost is phenomenal. It's a free gift. It's one of the greatest things we could ever receive. But just receiving the Holy Ghost isn't enough. The Holy Ghost isn't just for speaking in tongues all the time. The Holy Ghost wants to take the sin in our lives. Take not even just the sin, but just our our human intellect. And it wants to totally do a 180 with our minds because we think from a worldly mindset. We came into this thinking from a worldly mindset, but Jesus wants us to think from a heavenly mindset. And so allow the Holy Ghost to have his perfect work in your life. Put Jesus on the pedestal that only he is worthy and able to be on. Because if people are on that pedestal, then they will disappoint us every time if I can say it like that but I don't know who that was for uh, but I hope that it helps someone we're gonna wrap up here we want to hear from you guys want to hear from the listeners what do you think about 
this podcast. Give us a five-star rating that helps get the content out to other people. Tell me what you think about the show so far, and we definitely want to stay in contact with the listeners to to gauge you guys, you know, to see what it is that you like, what you want to hear more of. That's it for today's show. We hope you guys have a great weekend. Have a great time at church. Expect the Lord to do something in your church services. I think that if we raise the the expectation of what the Spirit of God wants to do in our church services, He will more than exceed our expectations. God will move if we will move. And so if we want to see a move of God in our churches, move with the Spirit and He'll do what only He can do. But have a great weekend. We will see you guys on the next episode. Mm-hmm.